Well, it's been a long time since I've been here with you. Eight Christmases passed since I bid you adieu. I returned in July, and your welcome was kind. But you said there was one thing that was on your mind. A question you hoped I would answer in time was whether I'd preach another sermon in rhyme. (laughs) Nope. I first thought. I retired it back then. There was no way I'd preach with that gimmick again. But I suppose there are worse things than to be pigeonholed with a rhyming reputation that is hard to uphold. So, without more delay and without an excuse, I debut this Christmas Eve sermon in Seuss. There were many angles I thought I might try to speak of Christ's birth with a novel, fresh eye. Should I speak of this baby born in Bethlehem saying shepherds brought him gifts of green eggs and ham? Or maybe I'd say Jesus comes just like that friendly old feline, the cat in the hat. Oh, Or maybe my rhyme should be based on Star Wars. Since everyone nowadays is gripped by that force. Um, Han could be Joseph. Mary be Leah. And Yoda's the angel. Or the prophet Isaiah. Uh, The shepherds are Ewoks. And just as a jinx... Evil King Herod would be Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) You know, let's admit, there's a truth for these times. Past all the gimmicks and past all the rhymes. It's been quite a month, what with shopping and such and parties and crowds. Has it all been too much? Do you come to this night just as those years before, wishing that there could be just something more, more than the deadlines and drudgery to boot, more than just shopping and wrapping some loot, more than the stress of relationships strained, more than a year that's been filled with such pain? Does your mind feel so cluttered and tattered and torn Does your heart feel unlovable and hurting and worn? Is your life like a crowded and bustling street with the noise of a mob and trampling feet? Do you feel like a guest house that's all out of room with no possible way to fit any more gloom than you're at the right place on this oh holy night? to gather with friends, and to see quite a sight. This story you've heard before, time after time, we'll hear once again through this amateur's rhyme. But this time, let's listen, like never before, for a word of new hope for what God has in store 
for you and for me and for all who are stressed for some holy way to repair all our mess. So come, let us go to a land far away. Let us meet a strange group. Let us meet them today. In a whirl we emerge and behold quite a sight and hear maddening noise. This is no silent night that we find ourselves now in the midst of a town with hustle and bustle and crowds all around. There's people, you see, more than ever we've seen. It's wall-to-wall people, a crushing mob scene. What's the reason for this? These folks far and near, like a buccaneer tailgate with, without all the beer. So I've been told. We're pressed and we're crushed by this chaotic mob. We, we feel like we're extras on the set of the blob. We, we find ourselves pushed up against a building and into the door. We all come in tumbling. We dust off our clothes and we stand to our feet. We're glad to be free from that people-filled street. We turn and a man is there staring and stern. His eyes are like laser beams ready to burn. How many, he barked with a voice that is gruff. He glared as he furrowed. Boy, this man is tough. I I turn to my brother. He's curled in a ball, mumbling in fear. He's going to kill us all. What do you mean, kind sir? I humbly ask. When you ask how many, what is your task? We're tourists just visiting from Tampa, you see. We're used to traffic, but in a crowded city. But here, in what is a mere humble town, tell us, dear sir, what is going down? Okay, here's the deal, the man said with a frown. The census is here, and it's my job to count. Count every man, every woman, and child in a region that spans out for miles and miles. They don't have a choice to be part of this census, so they have to come here to my Bethlehem office. We are in Bethlehem, the city of David, this fabled old town which means house of bread? We ask the old man, kind sir, Please tell us, why all the fuss for this required census? His grumpy, grump face then turned even more dour. He scoffed as he spoke in a tone that turned sour. The census is here to oppress all of us, to calculate taxes... For Caesar Augustus. He counts all us town folk and then uses the count to burden our back with tax, keeping us down. To fund his big ego, his selfish big dreams, to conquer more lands with his big war machines. Meanwhile, it's us folks who have to succumb this census and taxes. It makes us feel so numb. Well, that explains 
Why, the people outside all looked sad. Why, some of them looked so forlorn and so mad. This census reminded them all of just how their lives were so hopeless for years until now. No chance for great joy. No happy, fresh start. No way to eclipse all the gloom from their hearts. We thank the old census man for his precious time and then walk out the door and notice it's nighttime. The sun's going down, so we walk down the street and we look for a place for a restful night's sleep. We look for a hotel that we might stay in, any place for a vacancy, like a holy day inn. Really? All right, I'm sorry. We notice, though, there is no hotel in sight. There is no such thing on this Bethlehem night. There aren't any hotels, no motels or inns, despite what's been said in our Christmas pageants. On nights when incoming visitors roam, the only place to stay is in someone's home. So visitors count on hospitality for shelter from evening colds, brutality. So door by door, we go knocking around, hoping to find room in this tiny town. But we quickly find out there's no rooms tonight. The census has filled every house here in sight. Then suddenly, appearing from out of the blue, a man and a woman sneak into our view. She, she hunched as she walked, and her belly she clutched. Her face looked quite pained because she hurt very much. Every step took great work, and each step made her cringe. We could tell that her muscles were starting to twinge. We looked at her face. Once her cloak hood unfurled, and we're shocked to find out that this woman's a girl. Next to her stood a man. He was rumpled and scarred. He too looked like he had just arrived from afar. His right arm wrapped round her and his left hand outstretched, and he looked at us all, and he then made his pitch. Hello, folks. I'm Joseph, and this is Mary. We've come a great distance. My wife's pregnant, you see. We've, we've come all the way from the town Nazareth, and all we are needing is a warm, cozy bed. We are so tired, and our feet will soon burst. Any moment, my wife is about to give birth. Can you help us find room, any room for tonight? For it's so cold outside, and we're filled with such fright. Well, of course, we all said. We'll help you find a space to rest and find quiet in this crowded place. 
So we continued our tour through the town neighborhoods, hoping some knocking would do us some good. We came to the first door and knocked on it loudly. It opened, and standing before us, quite proudly, was a man who said quickly, How do you do? Is there anything I can do for all of you? But don't all speak at once. Just pick one individual, and you'll have to speak fast, because um, uh, I'm on a tight schedule. I have parties to plan and presents to buy. There aren't enough hours in these days passing by. To-do lists to check and deadlines to meet and Christmas decor to hang up and make neat. Oh, don't get started with me. Oh, the last thing I need is just one more big project. I am busy indeed. Then before I had said even one word out loud, the man looked at his calendar and then, yeah, he shrieked out loud. Yeah, I'm late for the next thing that I have to do. And then slammed his door shut without bidding adieu. We stood there in silence and stood there in shock. Then we caught the name that was on his mailbox. His last name was Busyness. Oh, that just made sense. Why he could not make room and why he was intense. Hopefully the next house could offer a room in the midst of this cold, dark, and wintry gloom. We knocked on the door. It opened up with a creak. The person who stood there then began to speak. You have to be kidding. My word, don't even ask. If you think I'll make room, I'm not up to the task. I have all that I need. I'm self-made, you see. And the last thing I'll hand out is <laughs> free charity. He slammed the door shut as he stormed back inside. His name on the mailbox? Well, his last name was Pride. With each passing moment, we felt more and more stuck. So we tried the next house, hoping for better luck. We knocked on the door, knocked again, and again. But no one came to us. The door did not open. Go away, said a muffled voice. There's no one here. We could tell without looking. Her last name was Fear. I said, please listen, kind madam, we have a great need. Our friend here is pregnant, great with child indeed. Oh, great, said Miss Fear. And pregnant to boot? I can see it all now, a big fat lawsuit. I have enough problems and anxieties. My future is fraught with too many worries. I can't possibly make room for your problems, too. Try the neighbor next door. Maybe he will help you. We moved on next door, as Ms. Fear had suggested, hoping her neighbor would be less congested. But before we got close to this person's front door, we saw their last name on the mailbox's door. 
the anger family. It said in big, bold font. And also their first names were written up front. Betrayal and reprisal were the two parents. And their children were named bitterness and vengeance. We took one step toward their front door. And without knocking, we heard from within the house shouting and squawking. So rather than ask, it became quite clear to us that there would be no room in this household ruckus. House after house, we moved looking for room. And each time, the owner responded with gloom. We asked pride and anger and fear and busyness. Then addiction, injustice and greed and sadness. None of these people with hearts so forlorn were willing to make room for a child to be born. We came to the last house on a dead-end street, darkened and cold. We were smelling defeat. We knocked. And assumed that we would get a response that was just like the others that we'd gotten at once. But this time, the door opened. And lo and behold, a child stood before us, about five years old. Excuse us, we said. Can we see your parents? But this girl responded with only... Silence. We have a big need, and, and we would like to know if a grown-up's at home. Could you tell us if so? But rather than say a word, the child just pointed to the name that this family had all been anointed. When we thought that this home had some serious illness, we discovered their family had the last name of stillness. We looked once again at the child who then smiled and without saying a word and with countenance mild, she motioned to us that we should follow her to a room that they'd made for, for us, weary strangers. We followed her behind the house and down a ways and wondered what place she would give us to stay. And eventually we stopped at a cave in some rocks. And the couple went in and we, we all froze in shock. This is not right, we exclaimed. This won't do. We know that it's crowded, but child, how could you? This is no place for someone to give birth in a hole, in a wall. It's the last place on earth. Here where the animals come feed and dine. Here where they throw slop and feed time to time. Here where it's noisy and so dirty to boot. Here where we're covered with dust and with soot. The child then looked at us so calm and content her message was clear, and so was her intent. 
And we looked at the couple and their faces surprised because rather than worry, peace filled their eyes. They got right to work. They pulled the manger aside and using some hay, they made a bed inside. They did appear tired, but we saw in their face that something special would occur in this place. Hours passed by. We all waited outside. And then suddenly, we heard it. A faint baby's cry. We're caught quite off guard by this most holy noise. The birth of new life in this new baby boy. Today has been filled with such loud craziness. Maddening crowds and streets filled with stress. We saw in folks' eyes all the worry and the fear and dread that more bad news was soon drawing near. The financial woes and relationships broken and guilt over misdeeds both acted and spoken. We've seen here firsthand such painful misery. Does this sound like today? On this, we would agree. But now, in the midst of this sadness and gloom, we hear this baby's cry and new hope starts to bloom. This child has come now against long, dreadful odds. And this child offers you a chance to find God. And the question remains for you. Will you make room? Make room in your heart for this new hope to bloom. Will you give in to noise that's been filling your life like the Bethlehem streets on that first Christmas night? Will your heart have no vacancy for God to be born? Or will you make room now on this new Christmas morn? All God wants right now is a heart that is warm to becoming a manger where new life can be born. A heart that is open and a life that says yes to God's invitation to bear holiness and freedom from busyness and anger and pride and all of the clutter that churns deep down inside, all of those last names that crowd out the chance for Jesus to be born and for hope to advance. Will you choose tonight to say yes to God's call, to say yes to the one who has come to save all, then make room in your heart with calm and silence. Turn down the noise by confessing your sins. Turn back the voices that crowd Jesus out. Silence those voices. Let there be no doubt. The cry of this child can pierce your dark heart to calm every fear 
and give you tonight a new start. Receive for yourself now a faithful new friend, this Jesus, Messiah, this most special Godsend. In the name of our God, who created the heavens and redeems us, sustains us, we all say, Amen. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, our lives are so noisy, our days are so busy, and our nights are so restless. We feel like a crowded town with a maddening crowd and thundering feet in the form of voices from our past, worries about our future, and trauma in the present. We confess to you that we have a hard time hearing your voice. So break through these darkened hearts with the faint cry of a newborn child who has come to give us hope in the midst of our wilderness. Help us, O Lord, to silence all voices but yours so that we can make room for Jesus to receive his light so that we can then turn to others who are in the dark and share that same light with them. In the name of Jesus Christ, our newborn King, we pray. Amen.